Welcome to Neo Chats, an interview-style podcast focusing on educating neonatal nurses, caring for newborns and their families, hosted by Jenna Morton. It is a project of the Canadian Association of Neonatal Nurses, a nonprofit organization committed to the health and well-being of newborns and their families. Hello, and welcome to Neo Chats. I'm your host, Jenna Morton, and on this episode, we're diving into the world of sleep with the help of Dr. Robin Stremler. Dr. Stremler is a Toronto-based professor and researcher who specializes in improving sleep and health outcomes for infants, children, and parents. Welcome to NeoChats. Thanks, Jenna. It's great to be here with you. And uh, I know this is always a topic of, uh, of much interest to all of us when we talk about sleep, but uh, specifically we're talking today about our neonatal patients. And so I'm wondering if you can just maybe give us a little bit of a, a basic review of what our goals are when it comes to sleep and this population. Yeah, I think, um, you know, as for all infants, we're hoping to get them off on a good start towards good sleep habits. And so for parents of preterm infants, the, the major difference is they've had a very different experience in their entry to the world than an infant uh, who was born full term. And so that, that creates some differences. Um, you know, they've been in a very different sleep environment for uh, a number of weeks before they come home. And so it's a time for parents to help to shape the sleep environment at home. And there also are, um, you know, with all infants coming home, concerns about getting feeding going really well. And so issues of breastfeeding are of concern. And then safe sleep is often a, a big issue when families uh, first come home. Uh, there's a real shift from always having someone watching your baby in the NICU uh, to now it's you and your little person at home. So we know that preterm infants are at increased risk of sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS. And fortunately, that's a very rare occurrence in the general population. And so it means that the increased risk for babies that are preterm, it's still a very rare event. But that's a real concern for all parents when they bring their infant home. And so the Canadian Pediatric Society has some guidelines around uh, how to create a safe sleep environment for your infant. And one of the major pieces of advice is that infants should sleep on their back. And ideally for the first six months, the infant would be in the parent's room with them and sleeping on a separate sleep surface. So either a crib or a bassinet in the parent's room and that that sleep surface wouldn't have any extra bedding or soft materials in it. So you would really just have a fitted sheet over top of the mattress in the bassinet or crib. And uh, you know, all these pieces of advice around safe sleep have come from looking at the circumstances around those terribly unfortunate SIDS deaths and trying to make sense of what things were more common uh, 
in those sleep environments uh, of babies who, who died of SIDS. And so that's where, you know, these recommendations come from. So, you know, having uh, parents be aware of uh, the safe sleep recommendations, uh, and those can be found on the Canadian Pediatric Society uh, website. You know, there are also concerns around the infant's temperature, uh, not getting overheated, so not to bundle up babies too much. And then, of course, in terms of reducing risk of SIDS, we know that breastfeeding is protective. Uh, so if a parent is breastfeeding, their infant is at lower risk of SIDS. And similarly, having a non-smoking home reduces risk of SIDS. What are some of the things that we can do before baby goes home to help try to get the right sleep cycles and the right patterns in place? Yeah, so uh, we know that infants' day-night differentiation typically occurs when they are around three to four months of age. So, of course, in the NICU population, that would likely be uh, three to four months corrected age, uh, although we don't know too, too much uh, about that in preterm infants. But presuming it happens along the same timeline as full-term infants. There are some things that you can do uh, ahead of that time period to help to shape uh, daytime and nighttime. And in fact, infants in the NICU may have been experiencing this, some of these things anyways. So if units have been doing day-night light cycling, um, then we know that light is one of the most powerful ways to entrain our differentiation between daytime and nighttime. So, um, you know, that's, that's a way not making the daytime as dark or as social or as noisy uh, as the nighttime helps the infant to eventually understand that nighttime is for sleep. Um, they will have experienced in the NICU more noise during the day shifts. Um, they're just busier times on the units and more interaction probably with others. So those are the kinds of things that we recommend to parents once their baby is at home to keep up because that does um, help to shift more sleep to the night where it better aligns with parents' uh, sleep cycles. Within the unit itself, are there things that the healthcare providers and the parents while they're in the unit can be doing to really to help the infant sleep? Yeah, I think a lot of these things are things that uh, nurses in the NICU are doing um, and are good at doing. So clustering care. Uh, so that sleep isn't too fragmented. Uh, we know that even preterm infants cycle in and out of deeper and lighter stages of sleep, but there is there are transitions between those stages, and we like infants to get longer stretches of those deep, especially deeper stages of sleep. So when care is clustered, it allows the infant that time to have a longer stretch of 
those various stages of sleep. So clustering of care is important. Trying to avoid what we call associations of sleep. And so you don't want to always rely on the same method of having the infant fall asleep. So um, sometimes there's uh, associations that develop over the long term between always being fed to sleep or always being rocked to sleep or held um, sleeping. All those things are things that parents and nurses naturally do to get an infant to sleep. And so we don't want to not promote those uh, sort of bonding uh, experiences for the infant. But if you mix them up so that there are different um, ways of getting the infant to sleep that are used across the day, then that could help prevent any one particular way of falling asleep always being uh, the fallback. We didn't really focus on why it's so important. You know, why, and I think we all kind of innately know that yes, sleep is important, but it's always good to have that reminder of just why it's so important, especially for the premature babies and the babies that might otherwise be in the NICU. Sure, yeah, I mean, we can't, you know, in any way overestimate how important sleep is for infants, for their parents, and truly for the nurses who work with those infants and parents. Um, And that's because sleep is restorative. And when we miss out on sleep, and that's across all ages, we know that our brains don't function as well. So there's the restorative piece that we achieve for our brains during sleep. But we also think that that is linked to the performance of our brains. And I think every adult has had the experience where if they miss out on sleep, uh, they don't remember things as well. It's harder to retrieve information. You have more difficulty learning something new when you miss out on sleep. And Those are really key things for infants and throughout childhood. You know, there are so many developmental tasks being achieved, so much information that's being taken in and and sort of placed in the right spots in the brain. Um, And so sleep is really important to help facilitate that. Uh, We also know there are links to growth and sleep. So that's important for infants. Um, So there's a physical piece as well. And for parents, the links between sleep and mood and sleep and emotions are really important. So we know it's harder to be flexible when you miss out on sleep. It's harder to deal with stress when you miss out on sleep. And we know that people who are chronically sleep deprived are at much higher risk of having problems with anxiety and depression that meet sort of clinical levels of concern and that probably need treatment. Um, So for parents who have an infant in the NICU, which is already a really stressful, um, emotionally challenging time, to be able to maximize your sleep to best uh, deal with that is really important. What 
advice or guidance would you have for a healthcare provider who sees this happening with a parent and, and can see that the parent needs some guidance in better sleep management? It's tricky because we're not in a place yet where there are sleep spaces for parents in the NICU. There's sort of variation across Canada, certainly, and around the world in terms of what is available for parents on the unit. But I do know from research that I've done with parents, either in the NICU or PICU, what we hear from parents over and over again is that proximity is really important to parents. So if there are sleep resources, sleep space available for infants wherever you work, then letting parents know about that, giving them information about how to access those resources is really important. Parents often report to us that they found out there were these sleep spaces available days after they'd been on the unit. So trying to um, really get those messages out. And then parents also report being asked about their sleep but not really being given any guidance about what to do. And so I think working through with a parent what's available to them, you know, how far away is home, because we know commuting time takes away from sleeping time. Um, you know, what other social supports are available to them? Because we also know that caring for other children at home, parents report that's getting in the way of their sleep when they have an infant in hospital. Um, thinking about uh, is there spelling off that can be done with a partner? Um, it's a bit tricky um, right now with COVID-19 trying to mobilize other resources and respect social distancing. So, so that piece is a bit tricky. And parents also speak a lot about even when they are sleeping at home in their bed, that they're still waking up wondering how the baby is doing. Maybe they're getting up to call into the unit to see how the baby is doing. So I think it's important for nurses to know that it's, it's not simply enough to say, well, go home and you'll sleep better. That's not always the case. And so then it's a matter of thinking about how can we reassure parents that we will call if there's something that they, you know, some information that they need to know or you know, letting them know they can phone in. I think there are units in North America that are getting creative about, and maybe this is a benefit of COVID-19, um, you know, how can we virtually connect parents to their infants um, so that they can be a bit further away, you know, give them that feeling of proximity to their infant. And we also know that parents report to us that they have a lot of challenging thoughts and feelings at this time, and that makes it difficult to fall back asleep when they do wake up. And so I, I think there's a role for nurses in talking to parents about how do you facilitate yourself 
going back to sleep. So are there things like yoga or meditation or we've got lots of apps available now that will give you, you know, a guided imagery for sleep and, you know, what, what strategies can you help the parent with if they report to you that they're spending a lot of time awake in the middle of the night? Yeah, I've been, I've been using some of those apps lately myself. I yeah. Have to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to turn off your brain. And if your brain is worrying on other things, it can, you know, you have to have, you have to release vigilance, <laughs> whether that's over yourself or over thoughts of your baby in order to go to sleep. So those apps are great. Uh, for, for that, for taking your brain in a different uh, direction so that you can let your guard down and let sleep happen. And I would think that that would also be very good guidance and advice for our healthcare workers who are also, I'm sure, dealing with issues around sleep. And, you know, in addition to working shift work, you now have all this other all these other layers as well to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know shift workers uh, struggle with sleep. It's hard to switch back and forth between days and nights. Um, we ask a lot of nurses, um, you know, we're asking them to work and to perform at really high levels at a time when they should be asleep. Adult humans are designed to sleep at night. And, and so, yeah, they have to take on really challenging work, you know, have difficult conversations with parents sometimes in the middle of the night when your body is designed to be asleep. So, yeah, for sure, those kinds of calming apps can be helpful, um, you know, with shift work really trying to make sleep a priority on your days off. It's hard because you've got lots of other uh, things in your life to attend to when you're off shift, but, but trying to give priority to sleep is, is really important for nurses as well. Are there any other final thoughts around sleep that you'd like to leave us with for, for now? Yeah, I, I think the, probably one of the the biggest things that nurses in the NICU can really look out for for parents are the, the links between sleep and depression. We know that these families are at higher risk of depression and anxiety and high levels of stress. And so I think there's really a role for nursing there uh, in terms of letting parent, you know, being open with parents about those risks and the links between sleep and increased uh, risks of depression. It may not be something that the parents are dealing with in the NICU environment, but to have that conversation with them before they go home and so that a mom can have that conversation with her partner and be on the lookout for it and know that there are resources to turn to once they are home, I think is a really important role for nurses in the NICU. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on the topic today. Thank you, Jenna. It was great talking to you. Dr. Robin Strumler is a Toronto-based professor and researcher who specializes in improving sleep and health outcomes for infants, children, 
and parents. NeoChats is a project of the Canadian Association of Neonatal Nurses. This series is supported by an unrestricted educational grant by Pampers. The content producer and host is Jenna Morton. Technical production by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub. For more information on the association, visit our website at www.neonatalcan.ca or our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages.